Some of you young folks been saying to me, Hey, Pops, what you mean, what a wonderful world? How about all them walls all over the place? You call them wonderful? And how about hunger and pollution? They ain't so wonderful either. But how about listening to old Pops for a minute? Seems to me it ain't the world that's so bad, but what we are doing to it, and all I'm saying is see what a wonderful world it would be if only we'd give it a chance. Love, baby, love. That's the secret. Yeah. If lots more of us loved each other, we'd solve lots more problems. And man, this world would be a guesser. That's why old Pops keeps saying... Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Everybody Trades Podcast on Election Day. Yes, after much, much, much discussion, hand-wringing, and most of all, money wasted on stupid, stupid political ads that are all completely 100% the exact same thing. You want to talk about derivative. Now, political ads are derivative. But anyway, I just wanted to play that that Satchmo beauty right there for all of you because, my goodness, you know what? We have so much to be thankful for in this world, and that song just makes me happy, especially that beginning there that often isn't played with that particular song, but it just makes me happy. It truly puts a smile on my face, and frankly... Also, I'm thinking, one of my least favorite phrases in the world is, well, it's easy for you to say. You know why? Because I've heard that a lot when I've had political arguments before, and it seems to me occasionally when somebody says, well, that's easy for you to say, I think, okay, is it? I don't know. Is it easy for me to say? Does that negate my argument? For instance, if you believe that the world is flat, and I believe very strenuously, and I argue quite correctly that the world is round... And you come back to me and you say, well, that's easy for you to say. You've circumnavigated the globe in an airplane. Well, right. Okay, I guess that does make it easier for me to say. Does that mean I'm wrong? So what's my point here? My point is is I wanted to record this before the election results happen because I have no, absolutely no idea what's happening in the election at 4 p.m. Central Time. So it isn't easy for me to say right now to be happy. I know that half of you are going to be upset tomorrow, and half of you are going to be happy. It's going to be like that South Park episode where Randy is going nuts after Obama gets elected, and all of the McCain voters are down in the dumps. It's sort of an exaggerated version of that. But here's the thing. Well, I'm certainly a political advocate. I'm an advocate of policy, of really non-policy, of freedom, of lack of government policy, but let's not get too far down that road. The point is, sometimes we just forget as human beings, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody, we all just get used to everything. For instance, take the grocery store. Most of us hate going to the grocery store. We think, oh no, not the grocery store again. Ah, 
How hilarious is that? It's only been, what, 50 years, 100 years that we've had basically all the cuts of meat we could possibly want displayed for us and stored and refrigeration. It's really a miracle, and yet we've all taken it for granted. And you know what else we've taken for granted? Literally everything else in our lives, because that's what people do. We take things for granted, and hence we complain about what's happening in the world, and we want to vote to make it a little bit different. That part I understand, but let's all take a step back and realize that historically, we're all incredibly rich. Literally, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you are among the 1% richest people of all time. Now, you might be thinking, what are you talking about, John? I'm in debt. That may well be true, but you're listening to this thing on a smartphone, hmm, or an iPad, or a Windows computer, whatever it might be. You have access to something that John D. Rockefeller did not have access to. You have something that Washington did not have access to. Julius Caesar, name anybody throughout history who's had massive amounts of power and wealth, and they don't have what you have. The most incredible consumer product in history is, in fact, the smartphone, and you have access to it. If you have access to that, you should be thanking your lucky stars every single day. Now, having said that, are there certain things that are getting more expensive and less easy for people to get a hold of? Well, specifically, yes. Specifically, the best of, the most obvious examples are housing and a college education. Why is it that those things, over and over and over again, keep getting more expensive, while things like smartphones keep getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper? Now, you might be saying, wait a second, the new iPhone is more expensive than the previous one. Ah, but the previous iPhone is cheaper than it was a year ago, and the one before that is even cheaper than that, and so on and so on. Whereas a house that may have been built five to ten years ago, see, people expect it to keep increasing in value. Why is that? Is there something wrong with that picture? Do we want the one thing that every single one of us needs, which is housing, and now my dogs are going insane. Let me pause this. Okay, we're back. Where was I? I tried to power through there, but my Boston Terrier was not having it. But anyway, where were we? Ah, yes. I was talking about how housing seems to get more and more expensive while almost everything else in our life, save maybe, you know, college tuition, seems to be getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. But of course, I've talked about that many, many times, so let's not get too far down that road because the point of this is not to complain. My point is is just to point out that, yes, I don't think the world is absolutely perfect either. I'm sure no one does. That's great. That's actually the good part, the positive part of human beings never being satisfied is we're very good when we put our minds to it and we don't trample over other human beings' rights, we're actually quite good at improving our lives. And in fact, I'm only 35 years old. Just in that amount of time, just since the early 1980s, the amount 
of people in this world that are out of poverty has been absolutely incredible. And the fact that people don't recognize this or don't even seem to know or perhaps don't appreciate it is pretty astonishing to me. And really, we need to step back and realize, my gosh, you know, we talked about how powerful the Soviet Union was back in the day and how scared we were of them. And yet that whole thing fell apart. That regime, that administration completely fell apart. And yet Russia is actually, while it has many, many, many problems, is a much better place to live today than it was when I was born. I don't think there's any doubt about that. When I was a kid in China, you would always see on the news throngs of people in the streets riding bicycles. That was sort of a stereotype when I was a kid. I'm sure that kids today would be completely confused if you said, oh boy, all those Chinese people on their bicycles, they'd be going, what? Bicycles? I always see them driving cars now because they do. All those people or a great, great many of them who are urban dwellers who used to have bicycles, many of them have cars now. Now, don't get me wrong, I ride my bicycle, nothing wrong with bicycles per se, but guess what? Realistically, having access to automobiles, and boy, some people love saying the word access unless it comes to having a car, that is one of the most wealth-inducing, most biggest wealth creator that a human being could possibly have. You imagine how long it would and how arduous travel was to go anywhere before the invention of the automobile or before the domestication of horses. Before horses, you know, people can maybe walk 20, 30 miles a day, realistically. Then with the advent of horses, the wheel, the carriage, that sort of thing, maybe you could go, I don't know, a hundred miles in a day, if you're lucky. Now, in a car, in eight hours, you can go hundreds and hundreds of miles, quite easily and legally, all throughout this great land. You can get to work in 30 minutes in the amount of time it would have taken you in a day to walk in previous generations. It's obvious how much that opens up the entire world and opens up wealth for everybody. And while we're on that topic... The United States being able to trade with people in China, Americans being able to literally trade on the other side of the world with people in China is a great thing. Just like it was a great thing generations ago when people could suddenly, with the advent of horses and carriages, they could suddenly trade with each other in different counties and neighboring towns. And then with the invention of the automobile and the train, The train, obviously, before the automobile, suddenly you could move large amounts of things and large amounts of people much more quickly than you could before. Now, what's my point in all of this? The point is, all of this has been made possible. All of people's lives have been better because of free trade, because of people deciding that, hey, this guy has something that I want, this gal has something that I want, and perhaps... She, he or she would like something that I have, and we can trade. And via me getting better at the thing that I'm good at, I can get some more of the thing that they're good at producing, and we can trade. And all of us, including society as a whole, will be better off through this process. Because indeed, I've used this example many times, 
the Wright brothers tried so many different times and failed to make the airplane, and so many other people did as well. They didn't take money from us or ask our permission or anything. They just went and did it. And yet, through all of those failures, which none of us actually subsidized in any sort of direct fashion or through any sort of force or anything, those people created flight. Flight is obviously mind-bogglingly more advanced than even riding in the horseless carriage, as it used to be called, the automobile. The idea that human beings are flying all around the world, once again, something we totally take for granted. You see, flight was almost unimaginable just a little bit over a 100 years ago. Some of the smartest people in all of science thought it was impossible. Geniuses of science, innovators of science, huge names that you would know like Isaac Newton thought it was impossible. And yet here we are. Now we do it routinely. It was within 10 years, people in World War I were strapping Gatling guns onto the front of airplanes and firing them at each other. That's how quickly humans can go from zero to 100. Isn't it incredible what we can do? Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. In fact, you've already voted, so what would even be the point? All I'm telling you is we have a lot to be thankful for in our world, and a lot of it is through peaceful trade is one of the biggest reasons. That's how real innovation really happens because if we don't trade with each other, if we don't trade knowledge, if we don't trade stuff, if we don't trade my advantage with your advantage comparatively, again, what I'm good at and you're good at, see, we're not going to all be good at the same thing, and comparatively, I'm going to be better at something that you are, et cetera, et cetera, vice versa. You see, that is how all human beings get better. And the more government starts wor- worming its little little way in between all of our transactions, the less trades we have, and the less wealthy and well-off we all are. And with that, let's get a little more Satchmo in our lives because we can never have enough of that. So get out and... Vote or don't, I don't care. I just want you to have a happy life because you only get one life and there's no reason to not be grateful for everything we have in this beautiful world. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. What a wonderful world.